RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. opportunity for us to talk to the senior pastors or the pastor, preaching pastor about the, the topic and go a little bit in more detail, a little bit behind the scenes, what was in their mind, what they were thinking about uh, as they're preparing the sermon and what they missed out when they, you know, were limited by 19 or 20 minutes that they had in the sermon. So mm-hmm. it is my great privilege, assistant pastor, associate pastor, Dan Christ, to, to interview my favorite interviewee. Carrie Weatherford for closing the distance. This I, again, for people who don't know, this is this has become a thing. It's our thing. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I, I was doing some other work, and I was like, I have to leave early. I'm in the car now, clearly, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity of closing this. I feel like Carrie, I, Carrie really appreciates it when I interview her, so I just didn't want to let her down. <laughs> So here I, we are. Really, I really appreciate your commitment to this. <laughs> so thinking. we're in the sermon series called Hidden God, which, I, again, it's kind of a, uh, an interesting uh, sermon series to be thinking about, you know, God being hidden and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and really delving into uh, Genesis, at least to start in particular. Jeff introduced the sermon series and then Carrie picked it up um, with yeah, a really, again, very challenging story and, and a story that's familiar to us, but looking at it from a different perspective. So, I mean, I had so many thoughts. I heard the sermon a couple of times yesterday. And but my first notes were like, how did you. You incorporated. Super Mario Brothers and <laughs> trolls. And I was like, well, that's pretty good going. <laughs> like, so. That's a whole lot, but the connection was to the biblical theme. So, I mean, what I mean, you obviously went and saw Super Mario Brothers, and you told us your affinity for Super Mario Three. I think it was that you're really good at. But I mean, how did you make that connection between those things and these biblical characters and this biblical story? Well, you know, it's interesting because I had been thinking about this sermon and this story long before I went to go see the movie because I just saw the movie Friday. Uh, before right. before Sunday. So I, I added, you know, a lot in there at the end. But really what I had been doing, so our, our sermon was on Genesis chapter 50. Um, and it was about Joseph's relationship with his brothers. And so for people who might not be super familiar, um, I kind of went through the overview of Joseph's life. So he has this tumultuous relationship with his brothers and they, 
they basically, um, you know, throw him in a pit, sell him off to the Ishmaelites. Um, and he has a really rough journey, but all of that stemmed from this sibling rivalry. And so, um, and then fast forward, you know, several years, Joseph's had this, you know, crazy insane life until the age of 30, just being thrown into prison different times, interpreting dreams, then being in places of authority. And then he is in a place of authority and, um, and there's a famine and his brothers end up coming back to him and he not only forgives them, but he helps them. And so I've really been thinking a lot about just these dynamics of sibling relationships and how, many different dynamics there are. And so, of course, I love Super Mario Brothers and we're watching this movie and we take our my friend and I took our boys, our oldest boys, and we both have two younger boys. Um, and I'm just looking at Mario and Luigi and there's they spend a lot of time in that movie uh, on that sibling relationship where they are, Mario is trying to um, find Luigi and, and save him and but the, they continue to have these conversations when they are together about how we're stronger together, we're better together, everything's okay as long as we're together. And right, that's the sibling relationship, right? The, of dreams, dreams are made of you. You hope, you know, if you've got children that they have this really great relationship. And then, in the, but at the same time, we know that uh, sibling relationships are super complex. And um, I, so, which is also interestingly enough, I had this on my brain and then this trolls preview comes on before the movie. And it's like branch and the character in trolls, he's got this long lost brother that comes back, but he branches like, Nope, I want nothing to do with you. Right. My brothers left me alone when I was younger. And basically I'm not in this place of forgiveness. And so I was just thinking about all of the different types of sibling relationships Um that are out there. And so that's kind of how I drew it in, in there. And then we really dove into exploring the sibling relationships of Joseph right. and his. That was so, it was pretty fortuitous that you went to see that movie on Friday. It was, it was for a lot of reasons. It was, it was really good. I don't, think, I don't think people understand how, how, when you are processing like this, particularly those of us who don't preach all the time, you know, mm -hmm. Jeff has to do this week to week, and so he's processing all the time. But when we've got several weeks, we'll be thinking about it for several yeah. weeks in advance, and things will happen. You're like, oh, my goodness, you know, and because you've been yeah. reading this story and preparing for this sermon for the past several weeks, probably lots of different things came up in your head. And then you go to this movie, and you're like, this, how, look how clearly this aligns with what I've been thinking and what I've been processing. It's, it's always pretty ex exciting for me. I don't know if it's exciting for those in the congregation, but it's always exciting for me when it comes together like that. And you're like, oh, wow, this was you know, really Ab good. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that that actually your comment on this lines right up with the sermon series on Hidden God in these past two weeks where we've spent yes. uh, looking at where we might not see where God's working, but God's present and working all the time. And I always, I, I say this, I mean, I'm a broken record. I always say it's not God's presence that changes. It's our awareness of God's presence. And I think too, this it's preparing for sermons, but it's also just when you're in the word, when you are in scripture and you are reading it and thinking about it and ruminating on it, and then you're out in the world, 
you start seeing things or seeing connections yeah. that happen, or you might even see, you might be more aware of, of God at work than you would be, um, had you not spent that time. Um, so I yeah. think that, um, that it really, even talking through that process aligns really well with what we're looking at, what we're getting at with this series of hidden God. Yeah, you're right. It really does. Um, mm -hmm. It's so true that when we're focused on those things. We're more aware of them. It's not that God mm -hmm. is working anymore. Yep. It's just that we are attuned to them in a way that we haven't been before. So, you know, the scriptures say, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm -hmm. But it's that hiding of the word in your heart that, again, actually alerts you to what God is doing in the world. It changes your perspective. And so for those of us fortunate enough, if you like, to be preparing sermons, we are able to, you know, we're deep for a period of time and can contemplate a particular scripture over a period of time and see a whole bunch of things that way. But again, that's an encouragement to all of us. Absolutely. Because, you know, like you said, hidden God, sure, but not as hidden as as it would seem to be, mm -hmm. right? Again, when we are aware of God in, in our, our environment because of we're in tune. That's great. That's a, yeah. Yeah. You're breaking up just a little bit, Dan. There are some challenges, though. I think the story of Joseph in particular. I'm breaking up. I'm like, two seconds from so there are some challenges are we are you good i like i'm right here so i, I don't I understand why it's not working i can hear you now. okay so okay so yeah so the story of joseph is a tough story for a whole lot of reasons right mm -hmm. so right. obviously early on as he's an adolescent he kind of he's fairly arrogant fairly annoying i can see why his brothers wanted to beat the snot out of him i have no question mm -hmm. with that but then he's he seems to redeem himself and goes to work for Potiphar and is, you know, mm -hmm. is upstanding, you know, is moral and righteous and does the right thing and still, you know, is seemingly punished for something that he didn't do, right? And then even in prison when he's given responsibilities because he's seen as as a good leader and, and upright mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and he make, he interprets the, dream, the dreams of the, the cupbearer and says, mm -hmm. oh, I'll remember you. And he doesn't remember. And he, he languishes in prison again for a number of years. And so you think, wait, what do I have to do? You know, so mm -hmm. for a lot of people, they uh, they will look at the story of Joseph as uh, some people will look at it as God being malevolent in order mm -hmm. to act out God's plan. Like, so I'm going to put Joseph through all these things because I have something better in the future now you spun that differently yesterday and you you so explain how you spun that it wasn't necessarily god kind of orchestrating <laughs> that all these bad things would happen to him how did you see it yeah i'm so glad you brought that up too because here is the thing god it, you could look at that and say gosh why why did all of these things have to happen for this to come to fruition and to be quite honest, I'm not sure that all of those things had to happen. 
I think God was at work, but what also entered the picture here is when his brothers took things into their own hands and they were, were working their plan and they, they intended to harm their brother. I don't think that was God's plan. I think that that is, we live in a broken world. I know that I have made decisions sometimes for the wrong reasons. And do I think that's God's plan? No. And sometimes there's consequences for that, right? There's consequences for our actions. You know, you know, whatever it is that you do, you might have this consequence, whether it is a, um, you know, a, a consequence like you're speeding and you get a ticket or you have um, wronged someone and a relationship has suffered, right? Whatever it is. But we, you know, we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. And so we we aren't perfect, which is why we need a savior. It doesn't mean that God isn't still working in the midst of our brokenness or our poor choices. And so I think that his brothers made a horrible choice. It wasn't the worst choice. Their first, their first plan was to kill him. Right. Okay. We know that murder is not part of God's plan. That is explicitly stated in our 10 commandments. And then over and over, we a hundred percent know that that's not what God is calling us to do. So their plan was to do that. They didn't do that. That there was one brother who had a conscience and was like, mm, maybe, maybe murder's not the best choice. We should just, you know, throw him in a pit and sell him, you know, off to be enslaved and so forth. So they do that, but that I do not think was of God. I don't think that that was something that they were prayerful about that God was leading them into. I think that that was them inserting their own plan into the world. And it, and there were consequences. There were consequences for them, certainly, and the, the things that they were feeling. There were consequences for Joseph, even though he didn't necessarily deserve those. He, unfortunately, then is having to deal with these repercussions of his brother's bad choices and their intent for harm. And so what you see then is these natural things that are playing out. And that's why it's, it's hard sometimes to see where God's at work, especially in a broken world. And that's, we get the privilege of looking at Joseph's story and saying, okay, God actually was at work, even in places you couldn't see and, and, and look at the outcome, but it doesn't mean that there weren't bad things that happened. Sometimes that gives me comfort sort of, right. I mean, cause you're thinking well, right. well, I go through all of these bad things. It does give me comfort knowing that we live in this broken world, but that God doesn't run away from us in our brokenness. God's going to continue to work. Now humans might keep thwarting, <laughs> you know, like throwing in these, you know, uh, poor choices that thwarts, you know, the plans that God has, but God's, God's, not going to just abandon them and say, well, forget it. God's going to continue to work for good. And um, I think that that is something that I have to remind myself of over and over when I'm not seeing clearly the plan. Right. Which again is encouragement to us. And I, so you've had these 11 brothers and Simeon steps mm -hmm. in and says, okay, I want to kill him too, but let's, let's pull back from the brink a little bit. Let's just throw him in a pit and tell dad we killed him. Yep. Do you think it's possible, though, to actually thwart God's plan? Like, what if Simeon hadn't spoken up and they actually killed him? Then well, what happens? I mean, we don't know. We can't even imagine that. But that Joseph was the one that God used to save mm -hmm. the people during famine. Like, the, the whole people of Israel are gone in famine if this these 
series of events did not happen, right? We, and so, mm-hmm. is it? This is, sorry, this is one of the damn questions that pops into my head. <laughs> just as you're saying something so you're welcome no 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 actually when I said thwart God's plan I'm like well but here here's the thing I think that again I'm just going to go back to the now we could get into I'm hesitant I (laughs) I'm going to pause because I think if I if I go this route and you might end up taking it there anyway I'd better set myself up for something else so let me just stick here with I, I I think that we are in a broken world and God is working. We cannot know. We only know what happens and how God's work, how God is working in what happens and what we see or the stories that we've witnessed or been told. We could go down a rabbit hole of what ifs. Um, I think that's a really great question to ask God. Right. I think that's fair. I think you got out of that question very well. Well done. Thank you. So again, for those of us in the midst of difficulties, whether they're ones that we brought on ourselves or brought Mm -hmm. on us by other people's choices, like I said, Joseph, some of them was a result of what his brother did. And some of it was, you know, he was completely innocent and still faced negative consequences. So uh, what, how, how do you, or how would you encourage us to kind of see God in the midst of those things when it's so difficult? I can't imagine Joseph being in prison and being like, what did I do to deserve being in here? Like, I'm sure he's a little melancholy at times. Going, God, what are you doing? I'm in prison for how many years? And you had I, I, was, I didn't deserve to come in the first place. And then I was promised to get out and I'm still not out. Mm-hmm. Why is this still happening? So, well, certainly. Yeah. And I think you're thinking too, I mean, cause there is this, the timing of God, which is so often not the timing that we would put in place if we were in charge. Right. You know, yeah. and, and too, that God is, is before and after God is overall time. We live in a very finite time. So, you know, for me, well, gosh, I, I want this to come to fruition right now, or I need this to, you know, this is the amount of time that, that I think this should take. And so I think too, this is when we learn from stories like Joseph, that we're reminded that we are not over all time, but, but God is infinite and, um, and that we can trust God's timing, even when we might not understand it. Now, certainly that takes faith though. It's, and I don't call it blind trust either, or just trusting. I think I have seen not just Joseph's story in my own life, other scriptures, other people's lives where I have witnessed being in a place where we don't understand, but seeing God continue to work. And again, it's, that's where hindsight is so helpful, but that's where I've got to remind myself when I'm in the midst of something that I don't understand, or I am like, God, (laughs) I, God, you said you're going to, you know, help me and, you know, hold me, but I, how are you helping me right now? I don't, I don't see that here. And, um, reminding myself though, that this is bigger than me. God is bigger than me. There's a reason I'm not in charge. And, um, and, and that is where faith and trust absolutely do come in. Yeah, for sure. 
and one of the strengths I think of being in a in a community mm-hmm. of uh, believers to again to walk with us and and you know have experienced similar things and say it's it's really hard right now but we are yeah. here with you with brothers and sisters loving you caring for you helping you however we can as as life just kind of works out and we kind of discover in hindsight what mm-hmm. was it that God was kind of how was God going to use this? So yeah, you're right. But it's in the midst of it, when you're in the thick of it, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of keep that positive attitude. And yeah. even if you want to have that positive attitude, not feel like, man, I'm just, I'm just fooling myself. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's part, that's the hiddenness of God. Right. Cause you, in the midst of it, you can't see mm-hmm. what's happening and how God could ever work this out or bring this about for any good or anything like that. Absolutely. And and I think it's important. I, I love that you're saying this because I can say this. This is not easy. This is not like, oh, we're just going to be happy and God's, you know, I just trust God. These are very real things that happened to us that happened to Joseph. This is not an easy thing. And the other thing, too, that that I want to make sure um, that we say is that there there are really bad things. I'm not trying to say, well, you got this diagnosis, but you know, God, it's okay. Cause God, well, no, it's terrible. And the, the brokenness that I'm talking about is very much just that broken. It's not the way it should be and, right. or it ought to be. And so I don't want to water those things down or say, well, um, you know, well, God actually wanted you to do this so God could work out God's plan. Again, it's a broken world. I don't, it goes back to Joseph and his brothers. I do right. not think that God wanted them to do this. We know that that is not what scripture teaches us to do. Right. Others, and they very much intended harm. They very much intended a plan that was not of God. And, yeah. and that's, and that's not okay. The good news that are not the good, but that what we're focusing on here, though, is that the good news is that God doesn't run away when we screw things up, which we do a really good job of with a lot of things. We're, so when we screw up, God doesn't turn his back and say, well, I'm done. Yeah. God keeps working and yeah. keeps working for good. And yeah. so, yeah. 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 So you're right. It's not about pretense. Or just kind of grin and bear it at all. Because yeah. some of these things that we experience, I mean, life is just hard. Let's not pretend. It's not about being happy all the time and saying, well, I'm right. going to put on a brave face. It's mm-hmm. recognizing that even though I feel alone and this is a very difficult time, that I'm not completely abandoned. I think it's important, and you highlighted it kind of at the end, that after uh, Jacob dies the brothers are now concerned again like oh he's kept us joseph's kept us alive because he loved our father he's gone now who's going to protect us so they continue to scheme they scheme again yeah you know tell a story but and joseph kind of sees through that and it's it's his hindsight like he sees he's now at the end and has been through the knows that there's this huge famine in the land knows what might what have happened if this hadn't happened and we'd stayed together. You hadn't thrown me in. We remained in, you know, in where our family home was. Right. And then the family comes, then what would we have done? So he looks back and says, what you meant for evil, God has used for good. But again, mm-hmm. I don't, I think maybe midway through that, if they'd come to him 
when he was in prison, maybe not the same response. Right. Right. Because right. he was thinking of it, but it was just looking back that he was able to see. And that's often the way it is for all of us. Absolutely. So, again, when you, those dark times, you can't see it. It's looking back, you're like, oh, wow. No, I, and I can't imagine. Yeah. That's where I, I really want to, I look at Joseph and I think, it is, he was, he was looking to God, not himself, I believe in those moments and, and, and looking at what God had done. And that's what informed his action because he really, I mean, I, I think about myself in that role and I'm like, man, I, I am not sure. Right. I Those brothers, I'm not really sure I'd want anything to do with them. Now, maybe right. I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't just totally say, well, I'm going to have your family starve or I'm right. going to, you know, I'm going to do harm to you, but I'm not sure I'd want anything to do with them. Right. I it would be a lot easier to say, you know what? I'm just going to cut it off. And now sometimes I'll pause here too. There, there are toxic relationships. There's times where you yeah. do need to often have boundaries. That's not what I'm talking about here, but these, but what he does in this moment, these brothers have been living there. He, they've, had this time with their father. So certainly now that he's died, they're worried. Joseph continues to look at what God has done to look to God. And then he responds to them um, in a loving, kind manner. manner. He said all these things to to them. And at the end of the scripture that we read, it says he said these things kindly. And I just continue to think that that is also... um, kind of this God at work in Joseph's life. For sure. Really allowing him to be able to to deal kindly and to forgive and to show that love through his actions. To me, I just, I looked at that. I said, oh my gosh, that is God at work because I, I don't think that that's our human you know, nature no. when you've been wronged. And so I, it was just such a powerful thing to look at God at work through yeah. Joseph. Yeah, for sure. And more than just, he had opportunity to get back. It, he's obviously transformed from the time at the beginning of the story when he is kind of arrogant and receiving all the gifts and all that kind of stuff. And he's just kind of look at me, older brothers. I'm the cool mm-hmm. one. He's changed, uh, you know, as a, as a result as well. And so, yeah, the transformation is inside and out. And it's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and continue to look at stories like that, to look at how God there's hope in that, that, that God, the way God works can be transformational. And um, that it is, it's the transformational work of God. And that gives me hope in a lot of these broken places in our world with a lot of, we're all broken people. Um, So digging deeper in a story like this, I mean, this, this is why the scriptures have kind of retained their efficacy for generation upon generation because they're human stories and everyone sees themselves in those stories or, or aspects of themselves and is able to kind of understand more about their life and their context, mm-hmm. but also how God is continuing to work in their life. So it's, yeah, uh, it, it's awesome. And thank you for unpacking that a little bit and using trolls and Luigi and Mario and all those things. And I yes. hope I wasn't too, too difficult. I, I tried to be no. nice. It's, uh, we joke about, this. but I think it's one of, I think uh, the perks of, 
of this work and the team that we get to work with, I, I find myself all the time just so grateful for my colleagues and getting to have these kinds of comfort or conversations to be able to dig deeper, to be able to even challenge one another. I think that that's hugely important too, to yeah. have these conversations. So Good. So I appreciate right. it. I'm not at the, I'm at the church now, but I'm at the desk. Do you, do you remember the sermon title for next week? Jeff's back on. Do you remember what the story is? I do not remember what the story is. <laughs> there's a the hard question. I knew there's going to be one. <laughs> I was going to say it would take me a minute to be able to pull it up, but if, That's but I, well, we're still working on hidden God and we sh- you can find that. I think you should be able to find that, uh, on our website, I'm pretty sure to figure out what the next, what the next sermon series is. And Jeff will be again, pursuing that a little bit more. Yes. But what I do want to say is that next Sunday at our 11 o'clock service, we are going to be having what we call senior Sunday, which is where we honor our graduating high school seniors. And it's going to be a really special time in worship. Uh, So, so we're really looking forward to that as well. And then Wednesday night, what's happening Wednesday night? Yes. Wednesday night is our children's musical. They're going to be performing the musical of Esther, really looking at uh, Esther's life and um, and bringing that scripture to life. And we're going to be able to experience God's word um, in a different in a different way on Wednesday through the children and through um, through this musical, through their songs, through the words. So we're really looking forward to that. It's Wednesday at 615 in our gym and everyone is invited to that. So, um, so at 615 in the gym, we'd love to have you join us and, um, for our Esther musical. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, Carrie, thank you again so much for uh, dealing with me while I'm driving in the car. But I, again, I'm packing this story for us that you've been contemplating for a long time and and helping us understand how a hidden God can, that does actually impact our lives and what that means, even when we're in difficult situations. Well, I appreciate your time too, Dan, and your commitment to making this happen. All right. All right. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks.